Well, good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. We just go over a little bit of clips in this episode. I'll be back um, back later on today with a more in-depth episode, more up-to-date details. These ones are a little bit dated, admittedly, but there's not been a whole lot of developments in the case. Um, I discuss a little bit in this episode how you can blend in at the university. Although I'm a bit older, I would say I'm probably twice the age of the majority of students at the university. I'm still skating, I'm still blending in. Now that kind of goes both ways. Um, Although I might be older, I could still blend in if I was younger. But you have basically about 20 years of leeway, of wiggle room, if you did want to try to blend in. Uh, Whether Brian Laundry is 22, 21 years old, um, up until 40. All he has to do is just wear a hat, some sunglasses, and go over to the University of Utah, University of Colorado, wherever. August 17th, he flew to Tampa for about a week before returning out west to reunite with Gabby. Just three days later, a man claims he spotted Brian alone and angry at a bar in Montana. As the Gabby Petito case gripped the country, police in Moab, Utah, released body cam video of an encounter with the couple. In that moment, Hunter Manis says he realized he had spoken with Brian Laundrie before, about three weeks earlier, at a bar in West Yellowstone, Montana. And I watched the body cam footage and his body movements, the way he carried himself, and his voice, uh, I was 100% sure. He said something about stupid Southerners uh, and made some expletives about uh, Republicans or conservatives. And he just seemed visibly mad. What did the FBI say to you? They wanted to know every detail that we could remember of the encounter itself. Uh, You know, what he was wearing, how he was acting. uh, That alleged encounter happened August 26th. Did you notice the van outside? We did not. I mean, obviously, we weren't necessarily looking for it. Less than 24 hours later, more than 110 miles away, travel bloggers believe they captured the couple's van on video in Bridger Teton National Forest. This was the same day Gabby's mom reported getting an odd text from her daughter's phone. Hunter says he spoke with the FBI approximately 40 minutes on September 16th. Law enforcement has not confirmed to us that this was a credible sighting. I realize this is a pretty extensive investigation and and that's just a very, very small piece of a large puzzle, uh, a puzzle that's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, so while that puzzle is big, we are starting to piece together a more complete timeline of Laundrie's reported movements. Late today, the Laundrie family attorney told us Brian went missing on September 13th, not September 14th, as we had previously been told. He told us also today that Brian came back to Tampa in mid-August to close a storage unit. We're told the couple reportedly wanted to save some money to extend that cross-country trip. Live in the Tampa News Center, Masasaiti. It on your side. And to be honest, I believe the sister. She's saying she's lost a brother, she's losing her family. She already lost a future sister-in-law. Well, I specifically said, I specifically said yesterday, no Olympic skating. No, yesterday I was embracing. Yesterday I was embracing the Olympic skating. No, but I said today, yeah, we're skating uphill. I don't like skating uphill. I just woke up, got out of bed, rolled out of bed, and now we're skating already. 
my balance is a little bit off. Too early. It's too early in the morning. Well, I didn't know if I mentioned this in this pupcast or not, but last week I got a ticket here, but it was a warning. Yeah, we're over by the University of Utah in Salt Lake City. It's almost 8.30. See, but I'm old. And I still don't stick out, really. At a university? Even if I'm old? No, young and old alike, I'm telling you, you can blend in. He can blend in. If I can blend in. If I can blend in, then he can blend in anywhere. Here is Brian Laundry. He's been on the run for at least three weeks now, and so far law enforcement doesn't seem to be any closer to catching him. Of course, thousands of tips have been called in, emailed in to the FBI, the police, John Walsh, and even Dog the Bounty Hunter. And there have been hundreds of possible sightings of him, but nothing definitive so far. Why has it been so difficult to track this young man down? Is it that he's such a cunning outdoorsman that he's been able to stay off the grid and avoid detection? Or more likely, has he changed his appearance just enough that he's mostly unrecognizable? Like, would you recognize him if, say, he was 15 pounds lighter? What if he shaved his beard? What if he was wearing a disguise? How would you be able to spot this fairly nondescript-looking guy then? For that, I'm joined by Lois Gibson. She worked as a forensic artist for the Houston Police Department since 1989. Her sketches have helped law enforcement identify more than 1,000 suspects, and she's in the Guinness Book of World Record as the most successful forensic artist. Okay, so Lois, I want to just go through the photographs that you've created, basically as a one-by-one. So let's start with, it's been a month or so. Uh, I want you to show me what he might look like with a month's worth of hair growth, maybe lightened if he's had a chance to buy some bleach in a drugstore and go into a gas station and use bleach on his hair right. and beard. Like, what, what can you show me? Okay, Ashley, here's what I've got. I've got my opinion, having worked murders for 39 years, this is what I think it would do. Now, if you want to think of him not shaving, then he's so easily recognizable. He has like super distinctive facial hair. It's incredibly distinctive. So if I were him, I would shave. But if he shaves, he looks more different as a shaved man, way different than when he's wearing facial hair. But I went to dental school. He's got unusual dentition. Here he is like I think he's going to be. He's going to have too much sun. I've had him lose weight. But his maxillary lateral incisor kicks out a little bit right here. So the bottom edge of his teeth, which you're going to notice if it's somebody you've seen in high school, 50 years later at the reunion, you're going to recognize these teeth, very recognizable. And also the center line is switched, so his teeth go that way. It's just unusual. It's not ugly, but it's distinctive. So there's my version. The number one item that I found criminals use for a disguise is a ball cap. So there's a ball cap, and then I have ball cap, and I have sunglasses. Hello. The second most popular is to have sunglasses. So this is it. So up on the, if he didn't okay, shave, the, you all re realize what he looks like here. That's my opinion. Yeah, is the one? I, it's hard for me to tell in the light, but is the one up on the top right, uh, high up on the right-hand corner of the easel, is that blonde or is that just a light hitting it in a weird way? No, you're absolutely right. I made him be blonde. It's been less than a month, so your hair on Can your head grows. Can you hold it up higher? Just, just hold it up higher in the middle of the easel so uh, we can I'm sorry. see it. A third of an inch hold a month. Hold it up a little higher if you can, please, is... Lois. We can't see it. There you go. Okay, your hair grows a third of an inch a month. So I did say, I think he would bleach it, a real cheap bleach from a, a convenience store. And so he's got bleached 
one third of an inch hair. So that's it. I mean, that, that, uh, but if he has that facial hair, you're going to recognize him. And I believe he will always wear a ball cap because the criminals with which I've worked, they're going to wear ball caps. I can't tell you Can how I sick you I am question? after 39 I, years of ball caps. Yeah. Lois, when I saw uh, Scott Peterson do a really bad bleach job on his hair, it, it made me think he didn't know how to do it. And it also made me think that your, you know, the hair on your head will bleach at a different rate than, say, your eyebrows or your facial hair. And it kind of came yes. out orange. Yeah. Would, is that the same? Is it like, what is the <laughs> issue with facial hair? These men might not be smart enough to realize how the Clairol works. Oh. Oh, some people love their mustache. Some men folk love their mustache or their beard so much they don't shave it, even though they've killed four people. But also, I got a guy pulled in, Michael Brazier from Arkansas. He had murdered uh, Lisa Don Hogue in Houston. So when they found him, he had bleached his goatee and his mustache. Or you're right, like you said, orange. You're right. Now that you've really bad bleach, bleach job, but he did his eyebrows too, which was thorough, and he became morbidly obese. And he was in a trailer park, so he tried his best, but they found him. My drawing looked like him, but without the bleached facial hair. So you got to be a good guesser at this work. I've been able to guess hair on skulls, and all it is is a bone. It's a skull. And I've gotten the hair right every time except for once. The color, the style even. It's crazy. So this is my guess on Brian Laundry. With the suntan and, and 10 pounds lighter, that's that's what he would look like. Lois, thank you for that. As we go into this story, and it, you know the weeks become months, we're going to keep coming to you for how the changes might, you know, appear going into the winter months. We're five minutes early. We're still making our way, but we have seven minutes, I guess technically. It seems less crowded here today. I think that might have been my studio neighbor, right there. Did I drop my phone in the toilet? No, no, I didn't. You did. You dropped your phone in the toilet. All right, thanks for tuning into the special manhunt episode. I did drop my phone in the toilet. Thank you very much. It is clean. It was a clean toilet. Well, as clean as a toilet can get. But it was not a soiled or gl grossly contaminated toilet, no. This is a special little quick segment of Manhunt um, episode for Brian Laundry and just a little bit of an update on the case. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. Brian Laundry's sister is giving new insight into the timeline ahead of his disappearance, also saying she is just as frustrated and heartbroken as everybody else. Fox 13's Kimberly Cuisan has been following that detailed timeline for weeks now. Joining us now from Northport, Kim, Brian's sister says she is cooperating with the FBI. Tell us more about what you've learned about her and the case. Yeah, Kelly, she says that she has told investigators and the FBI everything. And she says she and her husband know as much as we do. We don't have a lawyer. We have nothing to hide. Brian Laundrie's sister, Cassie, speaking out for the first time since Gabby Petito's remains were found. We were told not to talk to anybody, and I'm upset that we have to come out and do this and then explain myself to the FBI. Speaking to a group of demonstrators outside her Lakewood Ranch home, she told them their loud chants were upsetting her children. But she also answered questions and spoke candidly. We are just as upset, frustrated, and heartbroken as everybody else. 
and I am losing my parents and my brother and my children's aunt and my future sister-in-law. Cassie is providing insight into a timeline that continues to develop. She says on August 17th, five days after Brian and Gabby were captured on Moab body cam footage following an argument, her brother flew home and emptied out a storage unit. He was telling me where they were going next. I FaceTimed with Gabby and the kids. The attorney for Brian's parents said in a statement, this was done so the couple could save money as they look toward extending their road trip. Cassie says the last time she saw and spoke to both Brian and her parents was on September 6th during a camping trip at Fort DeSoto. She said she did not know Gabby was missing until a detective called her on September 11th. We're unfortunately in the dark as much as everybody else. Stuart Kaplan, a former FBI agent, now lawyer, says Cassie seems sincere in the recording. I found that Brian Laundrie's sister seemingly was extremely credible and very believable. He says the FBI will be looking into the recording to see if her statements match up. There's a lot of twists and turns, and the reality is the only one that knows what happened is Brian Laundrie and unfortunately Gabby Petito, who is, you know, unfortunately now dead. As investigators work to find Brian, Cassie appeared on ABC News asking her brother to do the right thing. I tell my brother to just come forward and get us out of this horrible mess. And that timeline continues to evolve. We just heard from the Laundrie family attorney. That's the attorney representing Brian's parents. He now says that it appears that Brian Laundrie was last seen by his parents on September 13th. That's one day earlier than we were told going into the Carlton Reserve. Again, that is a new date that we are now hearing. As for Cassie Laundrie, says, she says that she does hope her brother is alive. And she and her husband say they want answers and they want their children to be able to see their grandparents parents again. Kelly, back to you. And Kim, it was interesting when she was asked about her parents and did they, does she think that they had anything to do with helping him disappear? And she said, I don't know. That was very interesting to hear that. All right, more to come for sure. Thank you so much. Kimberly Cuisan reporting from Northport.